Art, writing, and your nervous system. Investigate the body. Create the necessary conditions for safety and connection. This is polyvagal theory. Our nervous system is a thread of nerves that comprises of three main systems related to the vagus nerve. That's why it's called polyvagal. Polyvagal theory is an approach to therapy that acknowledged that the nervous system is shaped by our early experiences and then reshaped with ongoing experiences. Um, I'm not a licensed psychologist, but I do work with individuals uh, with grief and stress and anxiety uh, and all kinds of things that um, are associated to the nervous system. And so therefore I incorporate polyvagal theory in the work that I do and it's foundational for the principles of bodyfulness and grounding grief. So bodyfulness is something um, that is a little bit of a play on words with mindfulness uh, and I look forward to talking about that in another post. And grounding grief. Grounding grief is something that I've created that's specifically uh, related to, you guessed it, grounding our grief. I look forward to talking about that uh, in a few weeks. So uh, stress and anxiety, of course, is a broad term. Uh, a lot of individuals have uh, explanations for what this is. At its very core, stress and anxiety literally just means that there is a dysregulation of our nervous system. But truly combating stress and anxiety for the long haul can only be done when we regulate our nervous system and sort of dedicate our lives to regulating our nervous system. We must then commit to a life that is caring for our precious nervous system and frequently checking in. This is called bodyfulness um, and treat it as if almost like treating it as if we've been given a newborn baby to take care of. So we need to clear some time in our schedule and change our lives a little bit. Where I help people is teaching them how to use art, writing, and movement as ongoing tools to regulate the nervous system. Um, and I'll get into why we use those. So first we have to investigate the body. Uh, this is a whole practice in itself. Investigating the body is something, uh, seems very straightforward, but it can be very radical considering how disassociated we are from our bodies. And allow me just to go off on a little tangent about that. In general, we're very disassociated from everything, from life, from our surroundings. We're particularly disassociated from our bodies. And what that means is that we really don't know what's going on in our bodies. Um, our mind uh, really dictates and hijacks every part of our being and most of our thoughts during the day is related to our mind. Um, intuition is uh, definitely frowned upon and um, the practical mind and the intellectual mind is very much um, revered and rewarded in society. So just to investigate the body is can be rad a radical practice in itself. It's also can be very difficult for individuals because we have a lot of self-loathing about the body. Um, we have self-loathing, of course, about our our internal world, our psyches, our personalities, but many of us, uh, particularly women, really loathe 
our bodies or body parts. It's very difficult to look at our bodies and make friends with our bodies. Our bodies have in some way perhaps let us down or it has fallen short from an aesthetic level. Um, there are so many reasons why, but to truly combat anxiety and stress and really grasp and get hold of regulating your nervous system, you have to make friends with your body and you have to investigate your body. So this process in itself is where I can help with using art, writing and movement to communicate what we find. So it's one thing to investigate the body, it's another thing to tell the story of it. This is a very important process. This is a very important process just from your everyday average folk who are living with uh, anxiety and depression. It's also very useful for people who are, I am not, um, I do not work with trauma necessarily. Trauma is a, a, another thing, uh, but people who are um, suffering or grieving very much um, will begin to feel effects on their bodies. And so that's why we want to use art, writing and movement as a really, really safe tool. Um, where we continue to use art, writing, and movement to regulate the nervous system is we find out, oh my goodness, I really like doing this stuff. This is really cool. Um, I found my voice, or I have found a certain joy, or I found talent, or this is something that I can keep up. This then becomes a generative practice. And a generative practice is really any sort of hobby, healthy activity that we do uh, almost every day that is not just uh, becomes a habit and rewires our brain for happiness, but it, it's also generative and generative in the sense that it something new emerges. So when we do it over time, there is creativity or a new something that comes out of it. And so that's what makes it particularly um, special. When we do these generative practices, we are slowly reshaping our nervous system and we are rewiring our brain for safety and connection. These generative practices, of course, can be art, writing, and movement. And when we sort of, um, if we get bored of art, we can move on to writing. When we get bored of writing, we can move on to movement. If uh, we don't need to be good at any of these things, we don't need to have a special talent. It doesn't matter. It's just that they exist in our lives. Anybody can do it. Um, art, of course, can be anything from painting, sculpting, uh, just making a mess, uh, sketching, I have a variety of writing, uh, or sorry, I have a variety of art practices, um, and there's variety there because I need variety. I can get bored. Sometimes I don't want to pull out all the paints. Sometimes I just want to do something quick and easy. Sometimes I just want to express myself in a really raw way. So I need a few options. Writing, of course, is, uh, we'll get into that, the benefits of it, and movement exercises. I do everything from walking and crawling and dancing on logs to barefoot adventures to running around on pebbles outside um, to something more formal like a yoga class. Uh, I will often rent a sort of deserted church basement or dance studio and really just make a connection there. The important thing too is 
I get it. It's a little out there, but it is accessible. And that is really the word that we're looking for. You have every right to find these accessible tools so that you can uh, create and express yourself. So art, of course, is a tool of self-expression and communication that supports experiences and emotions in a safe way. In a safe way means that we're not going to lose our job or our home or custody of our children from doing this. It's also not going to break the bank. Um, It's not going to get us in trouble. Um, Although if you are doing it right, it will get you in trouble. And writing, of course, brings together cognitive, cognition, emotion, theory, imagination, and systems. So uh, here's a little quote from Polyvagal, Exercises for Safety and Connection. Making visual art has been shown to have an impact on resilience and is a way to play with the inner world and share experiences of self. Um, Moving on to movement, movement supports self-awareness and body acquaintance. So body acquaintance is that concept that we need when we are investigating the body that I talked about uh, a couple minutes ago. Body acquaintance is this lovely word. It's not used enough. It's essentially saying, hey body, I see you. Sorry, I've been ignoring you. Where have you been? How's it going? It's really just meeting your body where it is today and making friends with it. Um, A little caveat there, of course, when movement is done barefoot in nature, for example, the nervous system actually can co-regulate with its surroundings. I'm not so sure how much nature gets out of uh, me. Uh, we, we, We like to think that nature is getting some mutual benefit by us stomping around on it, but I would like to say that we probably get more from it than it does from us. Um... And that means walking barefoot in the grass, on the moss, on pebbles, on logs, in water, on sand. This has like amazing healing benefits to the nervous system. Uh, Even just one experience uh, in nature can really, really, really radically change your body and your mind and your nervous system. Think about if you were doing it on the regular. I do. This is what I do. I would like you to join me. Um, so, um, on another, uh, as I had mentioned, the dance studio and the church basement, I have discovered there are amazing benefits to using a mirror as the body can use it as use its own reflection to co-regulate. This is a really good, um, exercise for body acquaintance, body acceptance, body love. Um, of course, if we have other humans in our lives, such as a partner or a spouse or pets, uh, children, of course, these are wonderful creatures to use for co-regulation and sensuality and intimacy and closeness with humans uh, is a perfect tool for co-regulation. But remember, not all of us have access to uh, other humans. And also we need to remember that uh, we do have our own independence, our own interdependence, our own individualities and a duty to self-soothe because uh, we don't know when we will be alone and when we won't be. And um, in terms of where we are later on in life, uh, uh, the morbid truth is that we all die alone. So um, it's good to cultivate this practice as soon as possible. 
And so why do we need to investigate the state of our nervous system anyway? Um, why would anybody want to do that? Well, I'm going to ask you this. Feel free to answer this in your mind as you reflect on these questions or take out a journal and write your answers in here. But my first question, of course, is consider what you reach for to soothe yourself in times of stress, conflict, or anxiety. What do you reach for? Now, the answer to this is going to give you some indication of what your coping mechanisms are um, and how far away it is from these healthy generative practice and how far away it is from yourself. My second question is consider the level of trust you have that your body can keep you safe. Um, that your body can keep you safe uh, when it comes to disease or illness or injury. The answer to this is going to tell you a lot about the relationship that you have with your body um, and the opportunities to strengthen that. And then, of course, consider what parts of your body hold the stories of your past. This is a very, uh, very deep, very juicy question, uh, but it's so powerful for us when we investigate the body. And I will say that what artists, writers, dancers, um, these expressive creative types don't often tell you or tell society is that we do get a lot of inspiration from our inner world, not just our imagination, but from what is actually going on in our body, how our organs are holding our stories, um, how earlier experiences have shaped us. We often think um, that artists and creative types get their inspirations from external things like uh, a beautiful piece of music or seeing the sunset or the seasons changing or um, a funny situation in a bar. These are all true, of course, but um, a lot of our content is from our inner world. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be um, an artist to access this. Everybody should access this. Everybody should have access to um, what is the wisdom that we hold in our body. Um, getting closer, getting more acquainted with our body and cultivating this not only has massive benefits to our nervous system, but it also cultivates our body wisdom, our intuition, our internal guiding system. So as you answer these questions, I'll say those again, consider what you reach for to soothe yourself in times of stress, conflict, or anxiety. Consider the level of trust you have that your body can keep you safe and consider what parts of your body hold the stories of your past. The answer to this might give you some indication of whether you see value in using art, writing, and movement uh, for your nervous system.